This is a Podfire production. This podcast may include explicit themes or swearing and may not be suitable for children. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. G'day guys, welcome to Awesome Humans. I'm your host, Brett McCallum, and we're here to bring you the biggest, brightest humans we can offer on this amazing planet of ours. Today, I'm so excited. It's the first time ever to have two amazing people in one room. It's a little bit of a teaser, an athlete that had only had her racing chair for six weeks prior to her first marathon to end up on the podium, who then went on to take out first place female in the Auckland Marathon before winning the 100, 200 and 400 metre race, and was at the 2020 Queensland State Athletics Champions, that's where she won that, that was pretty cool. And then she was supposed to represent, but didn't because of COVID, they stuffed that up. And then my second athlete, he's retired, He's getting old, but we won't go there yet. He's an Australian record holder, a multi-medal winner, a personal trainer and a coach. But the interesting fact is that these two humans have carried either a Commonwealth Games baton or an Olympic torch, which is pretty exciting stuff. So I'm so excited to introduce them. After overcoming the struggles of many chronic illnesses, Tasha Price is now a speaker, author, entrepreneur and wheelchair marathon champion. Adam Shepard is a wheelchair racing coach, a PT, a speaker, and a dad. I reckon the last one's the hardest one of all that. Together in April 2018, after noticing the lack of products and services available to support and empower people with disabilities and long-term conditions, Invincible was born. Business partners, Tasha and Adam, or work husband and wife, as I was just calling them a minute ago, hope to make a tangible difference to people living with disabilities and long-term health conditions everywhere, and are passionate about using their decades of life and work experience in the field of disability to improve the lives of disabled community. What I love to do, and the only way I always start my podcast is by asking the guest or guests in this instance, what's your first ever memory? How far back you go? Ladies first. Oh, geez, probably about a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> my memory's terrible. I had a head injury not that long ago and ever so since. So it's gone? I, I'm missing about three months entirely of my life that I just, they've told me now I won't get back at all. So, wow. uh, yeah, so, and and I'm, I'm, my long-term memory's not too bad, but yeah. So how young can you go back to? What do you reckon your first oh, ever memory is? Oh, uh, This is not fair asking you first, I, yeah, I, sitting know, there thinking like, I know, he gets the, <laughs> he always gets the easy ride. Um, <laughs> um, I'd probably say maybe eight or nine, I used to travel to the States. My grandfather lived over there. Oh, really? And we used to go over for the summer holidays every year. Okay. Um, and I used to, uh, I remember swimming in his outdoor pool and oh, it was just, you know, amazing. Absolutely Bit different amazing. to back home at the time. <laughs> <laughs> very, very different to back home. Wow, well, there's uh, yeah. a pool. Yeah, That's exactly cool. right. You know, UK, pretty small houses. Nobody has pools. Too cold for that. Rain, yeah. It rains all the time. And then go and join my granddad in, he lived in New Jersey and oh, nice. awesome place. Loved Why it. did he live in the States? Uh, he was a painter and decorator and wanted to do something different with his life and went and Had moved, a crack. Yeah, moved overseas. He was there for like 
30, 40 odd years and um, he's back in the UK now, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we were very lucky. We got to travel to the States every year, stay there for a few months at a time. And, nice. Yeah. Very, I had a blessed childhood. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the things that we go through in this process because this is all about you guys and like when how you grew up and all that and you'll remember all these bizarre things I that just it. keep popping into your head. <laughs> yeah. What about you, mate? What's your first ever memory? The first ever memory for me was probably um, going camping and stuff with, with my family. I've got a sister who's uh, 15 months younger than I am, mum mm-hmm. um, and dad, and we used to have an old combi camper van. Oh, and, awesome. Um, yeah, and like literally every long weekend – um, school holidays, you name it, it was either Brunswick Heads or Yamba. They were just... That was it. Yeah, that was it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> or, and, and we had a boat too, so we, we'd go over to Stratty, over Stradbroke Island, yeah. and um, there was a, we were members of the boat club over there, so we'd go over there and hang out over there for a weekend or a couple of, couple of days or whatever. So. Isn't it amazing when we were young, we used to always go to the one spot? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't think my kids have ever been to the same spot. That's really bizarre. <laughs> it's creature, like, a creature of habit. <laughs> definite creature of habit. So let's go back to you, Tash. Where were you born? How, so, how did all this journey begin? Uh, I, I was born in the UK. Mm-hmm. I Which mean, part? You, can't you tell from yeah, my, I was my very, very pommy accent? <laughs> um, yeah, so I I was born in a little town called Hereford. Um, it's uh, it's a tiny little country town in the middle of nowhere on the Welsh border. Um, and I I ended up moving around the UK a lot. My dad was a professional soccer player. Oh, really? Um, and so we, we moved around depending on what team he was playing for at the time. And did he play like at senior level? Yeah, yeah. So he played for Aston Villa, Blackburn Rovers, Portsmouth, um, you know, a few others. How was that uh, being a daughter of a... A professional, especially in, in England as well. Because yeah, it's, it's it's funny, you know. I I hated football until I was until I was in my later teens, and I started appreciating. And I think when I was a child, it resulted in a lot of bullying and, and a lot of issues at school. You know, because it, of the teams he yeah, was playing well, for. Or? Well, yes, because you know, we, especially when he was playing for Villa, they had um, the opposing team, Birmingham, mm-hmm. um, both from the same city, and yeah. you'd get a lot of rivalry between teams and. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, the, you know, football hooliganism and just, you know, I'd get a lot of crap off parents. And, really? you know, if, if even if dad had had a bad game, he's only human, that happens. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, just we, we would... Um, come home from school and find the car it had swastikas um wow. you know branded all over it and just some of the stuff was terrible however you know saying that yeah. i had a great upbringing yeah. i was afforded some opportunities that you know not being from that lifestyle i would never have known so and and how does like how do parents parent that like it must it must be really Hard. bizarre as well yeah. like being in a um a, like a such at a high level, yes. you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's something that must be difficult Absolutely. For, for that. Um, well. and my, my parents were very young when they had me. They were 18 and 20. So I think um, I think it was a big learning curve to be able to deal with all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they did a great job. Oh, of they, course they did. They we did can see awesome that now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what about you, mate? Where were you born? So I was actually born in Brisbane. So I'm... I'm so you're in Queensland. I am a born oh, and Brisbane. Didn't tell me that before they brought you in. Oh, absolutely. As a New South Welshman, come on. Oh, you don't follow <laughs> that team, do you? Oh, jeez. Um, born in Brisbane. Yep. Um, and spent first six months of my life um, 
in Brisbane. Yeah. Mum and dad lived in a two-story house in Springwood, two-story house in Springwood, and um, decided kid in a wheelchair and two-story house wasn't a good mix. Yeah. So well done, mum and dad. Oh, I know it was good thinking on their behalf. And um, my, my, I had one set of grandparents that were already on the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. and so we made the move, and we've been here ever since. So yeah. where did you go to school? I went to school to, at uh, Coombabar uh, Primary School and High School. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I always How'd joke... How did you go in a chair of those schools? It was interesting. It was interesting. Primary school was, yeah, primary school was where I learned to not have pneumatic tyres on my wheelchair because, you know, you'd get, <laughs> you'd get, you know, you'd, you'd get people putting tacks in front of you and, you know, just, you know, kid stuff, you know. Um, oh, you got me again. Yeah, I know. I'd spend half my time in the, at the groundskeeper, you know, getting <laughs> new wheels, you know, new tyres and stuff yeah. because, yeah, flats and stuff. But um, it, it was good. I, I had, school was great, you know. I was lucky enough to grow up believing that, you know, people had picked on me. And I did get a little bit of grief, but, you know, I just, my, I was always of the understanding that those people just didn't understand and, yeah. and didn't want to understand. Um, and, and that's how I, how but I. But they're not sort of, taught. Like you look at it yeah, now not. Exactly. and look what they're you not. guys do now and stuff like that and the education mm. that you're providing. And the problem was, and still is, mm. that you're different. Yeah, kids will always pick on something that they perceive as different to them, and, and it doesn't matter what that is. Yeah. That's, that's what they do. But it's like bullying, isn't it? Bullying's yeah. a learnt behaviour. It's not exactly. something that you, you come out of the womb and I'm a bully. Yeah, it's actually a learnt exactly behaviour. Right. It's the same same as this sort of stuff. It's all oh, that's different. That must be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I was it was a big school, and I was literally the only kid in a wheelchair yeah. uh, or, for that matter, a person with disability in the school. Um, and it was the same when I was in high school. Um, I was lucky enough that a whole bunch of my good friends from primary school went over to high school. Yeah. So we were... So you had your crew? Yeah, I had my crew. We were hanging out, you know, right through to, to the end. And, you know, we still... Here we are, 20 years. Still 20 good boys? Yeah, and we're, we're all still catch up and all that sort of stuff. So. so did you have that one mate that just looked after you and, like, don't give a shit to my mate in the chair? Uh, yeah, I had a, I had a few of those. Yeah. It, 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 for better or for worse, it was interesting. You know, I used to. Um they were, they were good. You know, I had a good, solid group of guys around me, good friends around me and stuff. And, you know, whether it were, they were carrying me upstairs, you know, when we were all old enough to go out in the town. And because, and you know, back in the day, it's a little bit better now, but back out in the day, you know. They couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't really. go anywhere without having to climb stairs. So, you know, all my buddies were grabbing a corner each of my chair and hoiking me upstairs. And, and they've been doing that for, forever. And, they, so and they're, they're still doing do it. Here we are, as I say, 20 years later and we're still going. And then leaving your chair somewhere just to have have a joke and think it's funny after you've had a oh, few they drinks. Do. They do, absolutely. <laughs> they've, they've inherited my, got my six sets. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So where's your six sense of humour come from? Is it because you're in a chair, do you think? Oh, do you think absolutely. it's the way you're brought up and you just thought, oh, fuck it, I might as well laugh at it? Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, yeah you've got to. Yeah. It's that, it is that shock and awe thing and, and I'm, I am terrible. If I'm in a group of new people... <laughs> Um, I will try to think of the most outlandish thing to say about myself. I'd, I'd never point at somebody to, to else. To break the ice. Just yeah. to break the ice. And then people kind of, and it is, people get the idea then. They're like, oh, no, he's okay. We can have a joke with yeah. him sort of thing. It's a good way to do that. Yeah. yeah I've got yeah. a really good mate that's a quad, yeah, mm. and he drives around in his chair, and he's taught himself how to use one arm and stuff. He, mm. He's really, he's pretty mobile. And he goes, Watch this. I said, what are you going to do? And I said, no, don't. And he sits there and he starts dribbling and stuff. Oh. <laughs> uh, so you can't who, who do that, that shit. Who does that sound like yeah, to you? Yeah, it sounds like another friend of ours, actually. <laughs> I said, you can't. 
His favourite thing is he gets the best seats at the um, cricket. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly right. And, and I go with him, so I get the second best seat in the house. Yeah. Right. Benefits, <laughs> benefits. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so where do you go to school? And if you're all around the countryside, does that mean you went from school to school? Yeah, I, I've been to 30 different schools altogether so throughout, throughout my life, yes. So been all over the place, yeah. So tell us your story. How did you end up in a chair? Uh, so I have a rare disease. I literally woke, woke up one morning. Uh, it was... Boxing Day 2008, I couldn't see through my right eye. Within a week, I was completely blind in both eyes. Within a month, I was paralysed from the waist down. So, oh, um, just got all <laughs> just woke up with it. Just, yeah, just woke up. And I had absolutely no idea anything was wrong. Went to so bed how old were you then? Uh, I was in my mid-twenties, yeah. So you lived this life as a as a, um, a child going to school, or well, 30 different schools, that's yeah, not normal yeah. anyway. <laughs> exactly. But, and then one day when you're in your 20s, yep. you wake up and you think, oh, so that's not right. Yeah, oh crap, something's wrong here. And um, do you know straight away? Yeah, yeah. So um, I had like this just a dark spot on my eye mm-hmm. and it was probably what looked like the size of a five cent piece um, and as the, as the day went on, it just got bigger and bigger. So I thought, oh, I need to go and get this checked out. But because it was Boxing Day in the UK, everything was closed. It, yeah. So it took... Um, it took about. Were you on your own, or did you have somewhere? Uh, no, at the time I was, I was in. So all my family were here in Australia. They'd all um, migrated over. Um, I was back in the UK studying at the time, so I was in student accommodation mm. on my own, trying to deal. Day. Yeah, trying to mm. deal with this. But I, I managed to get myself a optical appointment a couple of days later when everything reopened. And by that point, my left eye had started. Um, same thing. Same, with the black yeah, ball. same thing had started. Um, they said, yeah, oh, shit, we should get you down to the hospital, get things checked out. Um, and, yeah, next thing I know, I was I was 99% blind and um, stayed that way for six years. Yeah. Um, they, they took me into hospital um, and I had steroid treatments and... Did they know um, what it was? No, not initially. Um, they... <sighs> They had absolutely no idea. They knew, they knew that I had some inflammation of my optic nerve and, yeah. and knew that the only way to treat that was with steroids, um, but they weren't really sure of the specifics. It yeah. So it, it took them about six months to actually come up with... It was, you know, it's never been a, a proper diagnosis. Um, they thought that it was something called uh, neuromyelitis optica, which is um, it's very, very similar to MS, mm-hmm. but but much more aggressive. Um, and but just the eyes at the time. Just just the eyes. Within but within a month, I started to get um, the the effects in my legs as well. So um, yeah, it took about it took about a month all out to go from being you know what had been my entire life until that point yeah. um, to being completely blind and paralysed from the waist down. What's 99% blind? What's so that mean? Can ba- you still basic- see figures? Or? No, basically all I could tell was the difference between night and day just. So all I could see was either pitch black or a bit of grey. And that was that was it. And it, that was, um, yeah, that was tough. That must have fucked with your head yeah. really bad. <laughs> yeah, like- you, would, you would think so, but I'm... I'm the kind of person that just kind of says, do you know what? It is what it is. You've just got to take it and run with it. I don't run very well these days. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, the ones supposed to make the jokes, not you two. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, it's I I accepted it and got on with it because. So did they what say you're you just going to be blind forever? Was that sort of? No, they they because of the rarity of what was going on with me, nobody was ever really that sure. But um, at, the, at a later point, they when things started my, when my vision started to come back a little bit later, about six years on, they said to me, "There is some chance that you're." continue to have a little bit of improvement but you'll never have your vision completely back because there's too much damage to the optic nerve um, so what's your vision like now so i'm still legally blind in my right eye but i'm just low vision in my left eye mm -hmm. um so i can see shapes and objects and and, and i I'm, am I've this attractive i just want to say <laughs> everybody <laughs> says that funny <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so it's it's so when you say you can see shapes so you, can, you can get around without bumping yeah, into stuff yeah i i struggle with detail so if um i use adam as my guide quite often which is God, probably, probably not use that adam? Oh, yes use. a lot of trust. <laughs> he, he likes to watch me fall out of my chair if I'm doing his head in. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. But if, if there's cracks on the pavement or if there's if there's things on the ground, for example, that are similar colours, I won't pick them out. Okay. Um, so it's always good. I, I can't use a guide dog because I'm in a chair. Um, mm. you, guide dogs don't work with wheelchairs. So guide dogs can't push the wheel. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> can't put a dog in a chair. Yeah, that's just wrong. I know, right. <laughs> so, so if you weren't in a chair, you'd have a guide dog? Is that the way yeah, it Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, I think, I don't know. It's hard to say because... Um, Yes, it would be useful, but I've adapted to my situation yeah. and it works well for me. So, but also makes it even more incredible of your achievements. Oh, thank you. <laughs> because because you look at like okay, well, you can't see. So what, what what's the legal blind limit? Like you were ninety nine now. What you back to? Uh, I I don't know what it is percentage wise. Uh -huh. um, but, but definitely blind in one eye. Yes. Yeah. And only say, and you're a marathon champion mm, in yeah. a wheelchair <laughs> on a road. Yeah, I've <laughs> like, had some interesting things happen. <laughs> I'm sure you have. But like just, just the clear yeah. fact that because if you're winning, you're in front. There's no one in front of you, yeah. so you sort of just keep going. Yeah, that, I, that's amazing. I generally have a bike rider that, that I use as a guide rider that okay. stays right in front of me with yep. a bright coloured top on so that I can, so can follow. Yes, yeah, it's the easiest thing for me to do. But yeah. seriously, like, that's just amazing. It's crazy is what it is. <laughs> and, and the fact that it just happened. So have they yeah. ever told you what what it actually is now? Have they diagnosed it? No, they've, they've said it's uh, an, an autonomic thing. It's, it's neurological. It's probably partially down to my type one diabetes and partly down to some kind of um, immunocompromised um, kind of thing. So, um, oh, hereditary or anything no, like that? No, thankfully. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no idea really. They just they just believe that it's along those lines, and it's very very similar similar to the original um, NMO diagnosis I had. Just, okay. Yeah. They, so they it's right probably the yeah. It's mm. probably a variant of that kind of um, illness. Yeah. So when you were a kid and running around everywhere, because your old man was a professional athlete, were you expected to win the running race or win the or, or be that, athletic? Uh, yes and no. Like uh, my parents and family never put any pressure on me, but I've always you kind of, yourself. yeah, I've always so had that. that, that dad, yeah, exactly. That. I've always had <laughs> that, like, com that competitive nature. Yeah. Um, I, I did track athletics as a, as a junior um, and, and my parents got me into that and I, I loved it yeah. until I turned about 13 and got myself into 
bad things. Bad <laughs> yes, bad habits. We'll exactly there. right. Yeah. Go uh, all good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah, the, the, I guess everybody knew who dad was. So the the if I was racing or you know I was always the one that was expected to do well yeah. because of that. And that must be yeah. pressure on there's, there's you. A, there's a lot of pressure. Um, and as you say, it's you putting more pressure on yourself yeah. as well because yes. it's what people expect. I don't put pressure on myself, do I? No. Yeah. <laughs> Only coach in the world that goes, just back up, just pull it back. Just, just slow down a little just bit. Just pull yeah. it back just a tiny bit. <laughs> just, just, a, just a little bit. Just a bit. No. So you've obviously been in a chair for a long time. I have been a wheelchair user my whole life. Uh, That's interesting. So you call yeah. yourself a wheelchair user. Wheelchair yes. user, yeah. So you call it as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, been a wheelchair user my whole life. I was born with my disability. So what's your uh, disability? So I was born with spina bifida. Okay. Um, fairly common. So um, if you ever see those ads for like multi uh, for pregnancy, multivitamins and stuff, you know, it's um, neural tube defects like spina bifida and that's why I'm famous because they name my disability, but um, but yeah, pretty much six, six degrees of separation. Six degrees. Let's go with that. So um, yeah, so spina bifida. I was born with that. And, um, okay. Yeah. So I've. So is that? So what? What is spina bifida? So spina bifida is when you when you were born, the spinal sheath that covers your spinal cord yep. is uncovered, and there's basically spinal damage from that point down of some sort. So oh, okay. So uh, there's a certain level on your spine exactly where it's. Unsheathed, let's call it exactly. That. Yeah, okay. so basically, as soon as I was born, they they go in, they operate, they fix all that up. But there's always going to be that damage there. Um, so um, yeah, basically, uh, that, that damage is there. And then, uh, I'm, so I can't walk at all. I've got no, I can't weight bear. I've got mm-hmm. feeling from the top of my knees um, up, nothing yep. top of my knees down. Um, and I'm, I guess you could say I'm about as bad as it gets okay. for lack of a better term. Um, you know, there's people that walk, could be walking around. You take one look at them and go, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Um, who actually have spine bifida as well, but to a much lesser extent. Of course. Yeah. yeah so, so you were, you were born. How, how did, um, the parents handle that? Um, mum, uh, we, we laugh about mum now. Uh, mum doesn't, didn't answer the phone for, uh, about, no, I don't think she picked up the phone for about three months after I was born. Really? Um, the, yeah, I, I say, oh, come on, Mum, it was the best day of your life. It goes on. And now she's, she's like, yeah, of course it was. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Mum, yeah, because, you know, the early 80s, yep. 1982, um, you know, Mum and Dad were basically told, take him home, look after him, and just... And he won't last the next month. And, and basically give him, uh, give him a good life until you know, until whatever. Um, because back in the 80, early eighties, that's what it was. And mm. I was, I was really lucky that I was born at that point because, you know, any much earlier on and people with my disability, you know, they didn't have a great lifespan. Uh, and it was just the, um, the move on, you know, ways of treating and, and doing different things that, um, has given people with spine bifida. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And, a better lifespan and, and a better quality of life. So when did you get your first chair? I got my first wheelchair when I was about three or four. Okay. Prior to that, I had a piece of plywood, about three-quarter inch plywood with four caster wheels on it. Like a skateboard. It was a giant yeah. skateboard. Yeah, basically, yeah. And it was great. I, yeah. <laughs> it's, I got my first wheelchair and I actually got mum and dad to buy me a skateboard anyway because that that was just more fun than and that was the way you were used to getting around yeah exactly <laughs> and cuz once again going back you know early 80s they make small wheelchairs now. Like you can get a wheelchair for a two-year-old or oh, something. They're so yeah. cute. They're tiny and oh <laughs> but, yeah. You know, back back 
In, oh, you would have been in one of those massive big this chairs. This thing, I tell you what, yeah. it, was, it was steel, and this thing still, I could still fit in this thing until I was about 15 years old. Like, that's how big so it from was. From three to 15? Yeah, I, it, was, it was my wow. backup chair up until I was about 15 years old. And wow. Like, yeah, so crazy. So... You've known no different your whole life. I, I have known no different, no. It's so the other abnormal people that are walking around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm the normal one. They're the, they're the ones that are the freaks and all that sort <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. It's like, <laughs> you guys can walk. That's so weird. when did you get your sense of humour? That's what I want to know. <sighs> I'm a bit, I am a bit warped and, yeah. But that's always a good thing. Oh, absolutely. That's why we get on so well. Oh, you can see it straight away. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Developed over the years, like I I don't have... I, I I do have a filter, but you know when it when it's called for, you know yeah. I throw something out there, and and you know it's just for it's shock and shock value, and and well, I get, you find it fun. I do absolutely. <laughs> you can I do. see it. I'm, I'm that I'm that sick <laughs> I'm that sick puppy that likes to throw something out there, cat amongst the pigeons, and watch. You throw those little there's, bombs. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and then I just sit there and go, oh, what's everyone? What, there's there's check. nothing funnier than when you walk into a doctor's surgery or somewhere and. You go and speak to the receptionist, and you and they say to you, "Oh, go and take a seat." And you look at them and go, "Oh, but we we bring our own." And, and, they, and they just they're like, "Oh, oh, 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 oh. and we just laugh because we think it's hilarious. To white wanna, people are. You look at them and, and they just want to go and crawl into a hole we somewhere. We just got cheeky grins on our faces. But. And it's the best attitude to have. It yeah, seriously it is. is. It's like I remember when I first met you guys, and I'm just sitting there, I smile on the rest of the afternoon. It's just so good because you actually you radiate this. Awesomeness, and from my, Thank from you. my, that, that's a really tough thing to do, whether you're in a, a wheelchair user or you're not. Just, just the fact that you love life. Oh, like, absolutely. What that's, isn't that's ridiculous? To and and the thing is that, so you've got a sister? Yeah, I do. So Katie's my sister. She's uh, 15 months younger than I am. So. And does she have the pleasure of being in a wheelchair? No, she doesn't. Oh. So she's, she's, yeah, she's, losing she's out. missing she, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. And what? How did um, as she grew up? How did she handle the fact that you're in a chair? It, look, it, it, she was great. She's always been really good really, really supportive. I, I look back now and think how hard it probably was Yeah, because she probably her. was the one that was more bullied than you because her brother was the... Very much possibly. Mm. I mean, you know, we've, to be honest, we've not had that conversation, but um, I was, you know, I was constant. I was uh, early years, you know, I was always in hospital for something, always. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, oh, Adam's in hospital. Got so to it was go all to, about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah which, you know, uh, which... You know, thinking back is, is awful, and you know, but um, at the time, you know, I just I went through some major, major surgeries as a kid, corrective and, and otherwise, and yep. um, yeah, but um, her and I, we're, we're close as close, and yeah. yeah, we get along really well. And you know, it's funny because she gives me as much stick as I give to anybody else as well, like she can just well, she can, oh, she can. <laughs> in well, in, in a, fact, Katie and I just gang up on Adam constantly, it's, I, it's I would quite never good see fun, that <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Tasha? Have you got um, siblings? Yes, I've got a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is almost 11 years younger than me, so mm-hmm. it's quite a big age gap there. Um, she, you know, she's had her own health problems and stuff, but, you know, predominantly she's, she's a pretty healthy girl. But did you, like 11 years, that's a big gap. So did yes. you grow up together or did she... Um, so you were already left school and oh, stuff. Yeah, I so I was. Oh, yeah, time, I was. It? I was just going into high school as she, when she was born. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, we're close though. We're we're really really close. I guess in a lot of ways, I was like a second mum to her because yeah. I, I was always very very grown up for my age, and, mm-hmm. and I 
doted on her. So, yeah, it was, um, you know, she's... I keep going to call her a kid, but she's not anymore. She's married and pregnant, so <laughs> I have to, I have to remind myself. She, she, she's my kid sister. <laughs> She'll hate me for saying that, but she is. But okay. She's always <laughs> exactly sister. right. You've always exactly. got that on. That's it. <laughs> so what sort of um, kid were you? Because oh, obviously at the age thirteen you were a bit naughty. Yeah, I was. I was a brat. <laughs> you were a brat. <laughs> I. I Is that was. You had a privilege. I bring. No, you I know. I was just very opinionated. I. I was I never probably, picked that. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was just always very, very grown up for my age, and always wanted to hang out with the adults, and always had very grown up opinions, and wasn't afraid to make my opinion known. Do you think because you move around so much that yeah, you sort probably, of you became think, friendlier with the adults because yeah. you really didn't. Have exactly. That exactly. You, you don't. You don't have the opportunity to connect with kids in the same way. And I mm. think I was always um, never. You know, never had really long-term friends. So was just always gravitated towards the adults that yeah. were more stable in my life. So yeah, absolutely. So you're an opinionated brat. Yes, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Did I was, that ever go away? Uh, no, good, good I'm still know. the same. I'm oh, sorry, I should have asked that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm honest. <laughs> what about you, mate? What was your childhood like? I look. I was. I was. I. I would. And and Tash will tell you. I still do talk to anyone, and I've always been like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I. People would be looking at me in the shopping centre and go, "Oh, you know, there's a guy in a wheelchair." Rah, rah. Um, and yeah, you know, so I'd go up and start a conversation with him. With and, them, yeah, with them. Oh, that's and, awesome. and you know, that was me. At, that was me at five or six years old. You know, I'd go up and mm. shake their hand and introduce myself <laughs> and stuff. And you know, um, but yeah, that that was me. And I, you know, I grew up being told that I was no different to anybody else. I couldn't yeah. walk, and that was about it. And you know, to go out, give everything a go, and you know. If, if, and did you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, I was, uh, you know, I was involved. So a sports carnival at school, you obviously won the wheelchair race. If, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> distinctly remember. It's the only wheelchair exactly. race in mean, there. still won. <laughs> you know, my, still a winner. <laughs> Multi-award winner. Stephen Bradbury. <laughs> absolutely. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I was involved in sports carnivals from an early age. Yeah. And, um, you know, I did the school sports carnivals and, you know, they got me in my chair, but, you know, we got in like four other wheelchairs. And oh, yeah, just, the other kids. Yeah, kids are other kids would jump in chairs and stuff and yeah. do um, that's awesome do a really. race that's on great. the grass mind you yeah, yeah. so yeah <laughs> but just from the like looking back and you know, as you say in the 80s and stuff it wasn't like that no like, your no. teachers back then to actually make that more like nowadays it'd be heaps more inclusive yeah, than yeah. it was back then but yeah. for your teachers to do that, that that's pretty special it was pretty cool yeah i you know i that my parents were were very good at um, they, they weren't sort of, oh, you need to do this and all that, but, you know, they, were, they helped things to be very, very inclusive for me growing up, which was great. So when you were growing up, sport, mm -hmm. what, what was your favourite sport to watch? Uh, favourite sport to watch? Basketball. Yeah. Um, back in the day, I used to go to the oh, Gold Coast Rollers. I think yeah. they're actually still kicking around. They are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to a Gold Coast Rollers at um, games with a, a good buddy of mine um, I grew up with, and, yeah, we used to go and watch those games and, um, you know, go to a Titans game, you know, a little bit later on. Yeah. And you know, Titans started. So you like your rugby league and that Absolutely, sort of stuff. yeah. Like like my rugby league, like my basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you ever have a crack at basketball? Yeah, I've, I've played a little bit of social wheelchair basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's just nuts. That, that, Another yeah. mate of mine plays for Australia in wheelchair basketball and uh, oh, yeah. he's only just got back into it. He, he left mm. for a while and he mm. now just got back into it. And, mm. uh, well, I, we've got a basketball court here and, yeah. and 
he beats me. I'm sitting there going, that's not on. <laughs> but just the, the fact you're obviously a lot shorter than the, the yeah, 10 foot. Yeah, so you've got to be yeah. a bit stronger and stuff. Some of those guys are built like brick shit out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, that's the thing. Definitely a talent for that. So you get a lot of people say, oh, you know, so they lower the hoop and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, or no. Lower the, no, 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 no. None of that. None of that. What's you, that other one um, they got now? I think it's called Murder Ball. Or yeah, wheelchair yep. rugby, basically. Yeah, that's nuts. insane. Oh, it's crazy. Those hey? guys throw themselves around. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they can have a good spectator sport. That one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You want a you want a good um, a, uh, a chiropractor and stuff <laughs> if totally you're playing would. that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a good orthopedic surgeon too. <laughs> so let's talk about you left school and you obviously were studying when you uh, when you when your uh, illness kicked. Is the illness is that yeah, the right word? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When your illness kicked in, um, what were you studying to do? Uh, I oh, I'd gone back to uni to do uh, travel and tourism management. So I, I my um, first degree was in law, but I hated it. Mm-hmm. So and I also had a, an advanced diploma in travel and tourism. So I decided to go back and top that up to turn it into a degree. Okay. Yeah. Um, so did you ever finish it? I was six weeks off finishing oh, when no. when all this kicked in. Yeah, and, and I never, never 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 went back to doing it just because I um, I was I well actually I was I was bed bound for ten years when this when this all happened. So um, I never just never got back to the studying. And then when I got back into where I am now, um, I found that, you know, my passions and interests had changed. So, and so I, I changed as a person. Take me back there. You were bed bound for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. It was about nine, nine and a half years, something so like that. So everyone had already migrated to Australia. Yes. Did you come over or did they all come back? No, no. They were, unfortunately, they were um, un- unable to come back my, at the same time as this was happening, it was the, the GFC, the global financial yeah. crisis. And, and <laughs> mum and dad had a business which they lost. And so they just couldn't, they financially couldn't come back to the UK at the time. So um, it took me about a year. Um, I fundraised in the UK to get back here um, and came over, um, applied for residency. So how and, do you come over there? Um, do they, they bring you on a special plane? No, or are you on no. A bed or I, was, I was just on a, you know, standard normal plane seat. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It, so it, when you say was, you were bed bound, you couldn't move? Uh, I couldn't. I I was unable to move myself around, yeah. so um, you know, with help and support. So full-time that was carer. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Um, and I, I guess uh, for me, I couldn't transfer, I couldn't move, and I was I was in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the chronic pain issues overwhelmed me more than than anything. Um, my weight went up to around about. I saw a picture <laughs> yeah, of it today. Yeah, so wow. I, I was a, I was well over a hundred kilos. I was probably about 120, 130 odd kilos. When I was at my when I was at my biggest, but yeah. it was all steroid induced. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was on chemotherapy and, and you know a few other treatments that just messed my body up. Just you know did did a real job on me, and that was probably a really really big thing and the, and, and the hard thing to deal with um, because did I, you ever uh, think about stopping it? Ended it? Uh, no. No, I'm I'm a fighter and and I don't I'm not. I'm not the kind of person that sees a challenge ahead of me and thinks that I I always I always want to see the positive in things yeah. and, and and to me it was a challenge and then I just thought I've you know I'll get through this someday. Um, someday. Yeah, it, I I never knew when that day was going to come, yeah, but, but it, was it did. Happen. It did. So you know, look where I am now. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! It's just amazing. Like, and the the thing that amazes me hearing this story is the fact that. 
you were at the worst. Like you couldn't move mm. at all. Mm. And someone's physically putting you on an aeroplane. Yeah. You fly all the way over here. Yeah. That must have been tough in itself. That was hard. That was really hard. Um, you know, I knew my family were meeting me at this end. Yeah. But, um, obviously, did, the, did you care to travel with you? No, I traveled on my own. Really? Yeah, because the carer's tickets were just too expensive. I couldn't afford it at the time. So how um, were the staff on the plane and stuff? Oh, they were pretty good from, from memory. They, yeah. you know, they looked after me as best as best they could. Yeah, because it must um, be tough. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, I think the hardest thing wasn't being on the plane, though. It was the stopover in Dubai in between. Yeah. Uh, there was like a six-hour stopover in Dubai, and there was a lot of mixed messages and, you know, few things lost in translation. And, mm. yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best transition between yeah, yeah, between course. planes, but, you know, these things happen. And But when you got here and back in with your family, yeah. you moved back in with the family then yes. and, and then they looked after you. Yeah. And then what was the day? Do you remember the day when you think, oh, shit, I can actually move that bit now or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so at, at the time... Um, I was I was able to move my upper body. It was just the pain that was yeah. was stopping me. I had a I had a second really bad relapse in 2012, and that left me entirely quadriplegic from the neck down. So I I couldn't move any part of my body basically, um, and and it, it was the same kind of thing. It happened. In, in you know the blink of an eye, one minute I was as I am now, and the next minute I couldn't couldn't move any part of my body, um, and I was like that for seven months. Um, and What's obviously, that feeling like? well, you don't have any feeling. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> stupid person. Sorry, <laughs> yes. I, I knew what you were talking to. I knew what you were talking to. I knew what you get. No, but you know, there must yeah. be a, a bizarre feeling that you can so you could move your facial features. And yeah, talk. absolutely. Um, when when the relapse, yeah, exactly so. right. Yeah. Like everything was kind of crapping out on me. Um, I I the, initially in the first couple of hours after um, after it happened, yeah. I struggled with communicating. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, the communication came back very very quickly within I think within sort of a twelve hour okay. um, window. Um, it, it was just that it was just any kind of movement from the neck down was just. Nothing. So is that the spine that yes. causes that? Yeah, yeah. So yep. the um, whatever it was that happened yep. actually then affects the spine and that's yeah. the – because that's the critical part of this whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly. Fact, is the fact that in your case that it was unsheathed and, yep. in, yep. and in your case it, you just yep. can't move it. Yeah. So is that because of pain though? No, no. It was um, – it, it's, it's inflammation of the spine basically. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's that inflammatory process that causes – causes issues and yeah so how did you get from 120 kilos laid in bed doing nothing because you couldn't yeah. to where you're sat right now oh, with guns uh, crazy right? seriously how good are the guns <laughs> yeah no that's why I, I never that's why you're wearing a shirt exactly. <laughs> I, I avoid picking a flywheel <laughs> but how did you get there like was that um, just purely mental yeah i guess so um for well i i got just after I had the major re- uh, relapse, my stomach became paralysed. So that kind of helped along because I, every time I, I eat. yeah, because I couldn't eat, and every every time I ate, I was just vomiting. So mm-hmm. and that would happen maybe sixty odd times a day. Um, I was I my weight plummeted from that hundred and ten hundred twenty yeah. kilos down to I think I was around about. 42 at my lowest. Extreme weight loss. Yeah, so I I went from all the way up there to all the way down here. Um, It's not the healthiest way to No, it's bloody hell. So, I mean, I guess that was the the thing for me. But I then... 
I got myself a feeding tube. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got an abdominal feeding tube now. Um, and it does allow me to put medications through it to make my stomach work a little bit so I can eat a bit now. Okay. Uh, my, my diet's very restricted, but, yeah, um, you know, in comparison to not being able to eat anything at all, it's great. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I supplement through with food through the tube and, yeah, it works well for me. So I managed to get things so you got stable. stable yeah. yeah, and then from there on in, um, I, I kind of made the decision that I didn't want that life anymore of just being lay around in bed letting my pain control me letting my situation control me I think it wasn't so much me um not wanting to do anything with my life but it was more that medical teams can often persuade you that things have changed so much that you may not have the ability to have the life you want anymore and I kind of took that to heart for a very, very long time. Um, it, it was funny. One day I was, I was watching, um, I was just lay in bed with my mum as I did every day. That's all I did, lay in bed watching TV. And we were chatting away and there was um, a race on the TV. Um, it was it was a marathon. And um, I believe I was watching Kurt Fernley at the time. Pretty inspirational. Yeah, too, great guy, you know? great guy. And I... Um, I said to my mum, do you know what? I want to do a marathon. And she's like, are you kidding me? What the hell are you talking about? You can't and even get... you lost get... the weight then? Uh, yes. So yeah. I was, I, my weight was... You were back, yeah, you were yeah, to yeah, pretty much. And um, <laughs> she's just like, you've got no chance. You can't even get out of bed. You're, you're crazy. You're... So I'm like, no, no, I'll, that would I'll give do you it. That even more inspiration, yes. wouldn't it? If somebody tells me I can't yeah. do something, then I'm that stubborn I'm that I just go ahead and do it anyway. Um, so, yeah, it took me... A year to get from that point to doing my first half marathon which I was doing in my day chair at the time so, um, so yeah. explain that to me what's a day chair what do you so, mean now? So this is a day chair so it's okay. just a, it's just a your standard chair that you use day to day and my racing chair is a three wheel chair the, so it's got the, oh, the, the longer ones yeah the, 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 the long, long ones with the with the wheel at the front yeah so the, you know they're built for speed okay. um, mine's carbon fiber no <laughs> No. No. no, they are very uncomfortable. You get you get used to it. If you if you had sensation in the first place, it soon goes. <laughs> so but, it's just yeah. amazing looking at your chair now, right? And talking about yours before, Ed, mm. is the difference in like technology is just insane from what you had when you were like a kid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Growing up. Whereas yeah. you obviously wouldn't know that much difference no. because you've had your day chair yeah. and, and your race chair and stuff. Yeah. Whereas the, the, the technology changes that you've seen in your life must be amazing. Massive. You know, as, as I say, like my first chairs were steel. Yeah. Heavy. Like What are these things, carbon no. fibre or something? Uh, this one's titanium. Is yours Mine's is aluminium. aluminium isn't yeah. It? yeah, so they um, they – Fair while ago, they started making them out of aircraft grade aluminium, so super, super light, yeah, um, and and really strong too. And you know, I managed to flog them because I still managed to flog a chair. But <laughs> they, um, but you know, even like now they're making them out of carbon fiber. You know, um, we were looking at a chair just recently yeah. that was. Uh, Without the wheels, two and a half kilos. Oh, what, the whole, uh, the whole, the chair whole thing? Two crazy. and a half kilos. Oh, it's an awesome chair, yeah. And made out of carbon fibre. And, like, it's just... Yeah. My, my race chair is carbon fibre and it's, yeah. it's oh, what did we work out? Like, very, very similar in mm. weight and you just, I lift it up. Just with lift load. it up Yeah, it's out. nuts. It's nuts, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, it's so. What about you? Were you an, were you an athlete? I was. So I started out. Um, I was a swimmer originally. Okay, and I just I started out in local swimming competitions um, uh, at Labrador State School pool, and yep. you know I was I was always swimming against able-bodied people. Yeah, um, and then I sort of got involved with a a few groups that did um, disabled swimming carnivals, and um, yeah, I swam for a long time. I, I probably swam until I was about. 14 or 15, I guess. Because okay. um, you can move around a little bit. Have you got strength in your arms? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh, upper body, I'm, I'm completely good. It's yeah. just, yeah. Legs. So if you're going to go in the pool, do you like to sort of walk over on your hands there? Or yeah. Do you... Jump in on the side. And on then the just, side? Yeah, and throw myself in, basically. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I was, I was swimming in sort of able-bodied swimming carnivals and then I, um, I, I started going in, um, there was... There was just starting to be some um, purely disabled people ones, and, yeah. um, ones for people with disabilities, and so yeah, I was I was doing that for a while, and um, that that was my introduction to sport um, through Gold Coast Reckon Sport on the Gold Coast and Sporting Wheelies in Brisbane, and um, and then uh, a few years later, a friend of mine was starting wheelchair racing or been doing wheelchair racing and was getting rid of his old wheelchair, racing wheelchair because yeah. he was getting a new one, and um, and he went yes, thank you. Dad, dad was <laughs> like, much. mum and dad were like, do you want to jump in this thing? And and the rest is literally history. I was about, yeah, I think I was about eleven or twelve at the time, and yeah. I, I raced through until I was about twenty, so nineteen, twenty years old. Well, What's your greatest achievement? Uh, Racing-wise? Yeah. Um, uh, I'd like to tell you it was beating Kurt Fernley once, which I did, but... Um, <laughs> Mate, I'd be... That's it. Done. Thank you very much, <laughs> Kurt. I, I beat you. <laughs> let's not... You know, we won't mention the fact that it was when he was just, uh, just starting out. But it doesn't matter. Don't, still don't stop talking yourself, David. <laughs> yeah. Talk so up, mate. Come oh, on. I was, I was beating him. Uh, I was, it was over a, a 10K road race yep. in Sydney. And, uh, How I got, old were you? Uh, at the time, I was probably... I was probably 15 or 16, so you've been maybe. been doing this for about three or four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I got him by 300ths of a second, three and one hundredths of a second. Really? Um, over 10Ks on the finish line. Wow. It was pretty epic. That's interesting, actually. When you're going around, like I know some runners talk to other runners or cyclists talk to other. Do you talk mm. or you just... You just head down, uh, mum, yeah, occasionally, mum down in this case. Occasionally, like, you might – there's not a – like, if it's somebody you're friendly with or, you know, you might throw a bit of encouragement their way or something. Or a bit of banter. Um, yeah, or a bit of banter too, you yeah, know, because yeah. I was racing, particularly on the road circuit, road racing, I was racing against, you know, the same guys, um, you know, New South Wales, Victoria, Tassie, the same people. And, and we be, we all became very good mates, you know. Yeah. You, you get on the track or on the road and, and it was game on um, and, you know, they were your worst enemy. And after but, you have a beer with them. And absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But, um, but yeah, no, you, you talk to them during the race and stuff, particularly over a road race, short distance, you, you didn't, you don't get a chance. But, yeah. Yeah, but... I um, guess I guess the mm. difference between racing in a wheelchair and racing using your legs is that the the position of you is that your head is you know your 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 torso is oh, down, you're so you're bent down yeah you're yeah, bent over so like, it's yeah so it's hard to you know, you, yeah yeah got your knees in your guts and yeah yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> kneeling over leaning over sort of thing yeah and yeah so. so what's your second greatest achievement other than obviously beating Kurt Fernley that you beat you're a champion I was um yeah about ninety. Maybe '96. Yep. I was um, Australian team captain for the um, Austra- uh, junior Australian team in the Junior Wheelchair Nationals in San Jose in the US. Um, Mate, to wear that coat of arms on your chest must be the most proudest it is, thing uh, ever. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a staunch Queensland supporter. Yep. And uh, staunch Australian. Yeah, Australia is my team. 
Yeah, no matter what it is. No yeah. matter what it is. Uh, yeah, have, you, yeah. have you convinced her yet? Is she an Aussie yet? No, she no. Yeah, she's not in the head. She, she'd like to. She'd like to think she is. But she's not really. No, she's not. Mm. no. She doesn't say enough for the anthem. Really, like that, does she? <laughs> I know. In, in I tried that, to, but I fall on my face. <laughs> uh, in, in saying that, she does want to compete for Australia, and well, that's right. We'll accept. So you know, yeah, I, that's fine. Yeah, and Thanks. she's doing all right. So she's going all right. <laughs> so, how did you two hooligans meet each other? You going to take this one, or am I? So we, we've got a <laughs> we've we've got a mutual friend of ours, and yep. um, through the you know dis, the disabled sport community, and um, I believe Tash was down in at the AOS in Canberra yes. for a competition. Yeah, and um, so you'd already been racing by this stage. Oh no, that was that was literally the first thing I'd done other than Gold Coast Marathon, okay. um, and I was there for a development camp um, mm, that, that one of the um, athletes at the marathon told me about. Oh, so they, they, said, they saw you at the marathon yeah, years yeah, ago. So, then, yeah, you know, yeah, okay. exactly. So they pulled me along to that thing, and and um. Yeah, I, story goes basically that this uh, this friend of ours um, had met Tash down there, and um, Tash had mentioned that she was looking for somebody to you know show her the ropes as far as racing is concerned in the chair and all, and you know did our friend know anyone and um, gave my details and there's there's such a lack of um, support and coaching support in Queensland, so mm-hmm. I, it was a, it was a wild searching for somebody that would be able to help me out and. Um, I, I sent this hooligan a Facebook message and, and, and the rest is history, I Here guess. Yeah. <laughs> so how long has this um, dysfunctional relationship been? Uh, over, just two, over two just years. Yeah. Yeah. Just on two years, yeah. yeah. It was funny, you know, people used to say, we'd been hanging out for all of two weeks and people yeah. go, so how long have you, you guys have known each other for a few years? <laughs> because it was just like that, like yeah. we yeah. just clicked. They bounce off each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, we'd give each other, you know, a bit of shit and, you know, it, and it's just the way it was, you know, and, and it carried on that way and it's still going yeah. that way. So. And so you're married. Yes, I am. And, yeah. So you've got a, a, one child, two childs? One one child, yeah. uh, Fletch, who's uh, Fletcher is uh, four in January. Okay. Precocious four. And, um, Precocious four. Yeah. My, my darling wife, Christy. Yeah. Um, yeah Puts so, up with a lot. Oh, doesn't she ever. How'd you meet Christy? Uh, so Christy and I actually met on a, a rotary camp called Wright's Rotary Youth Transition Seminar. So uh-huh. um Christy was a, an attendant on the camp, you know, looking after the students. So it's year 12 school leavers that go on this camp. And uh-huh. it's, it's basically week-long motivational speakers, team building exercises, life skills, that sort of stuff. And I was a speaker on the camp and Christy was an attendant. And we knew, we'd known each other for... So she's a Gold Coast girl? Uh, so originally from Tamworth, actually. So okay. yeah, yeah. So New she she, fo- she follows the wrong team too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, we met on that camp, and we'd been friends for years, and sort of knew each other, but only caught up around that camp time. So uh-huh. you know, and um, but then yeah, we're like, hey, let's hang out, and as they say, the rest is history. So so what was the propose? I always ask this question: How'd you propose? I proposed to Christy on the observation deck at Q1. No, nice. um, took her away for a weekend. And did pro- she know? Uh, no. Oh, well, even better, I love it. She, well, she she hasn't told me she did, and we've <laughs> she been married. We've been married ten years, so <laughs> she would have known. Probably, right. well, they probably, know everything, mate. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people say to me, "What's your proposal all the way up there for?" I said, "Oh, just in case she said no." <laughs> <laughs> I could push. No, it's, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you asked her. She said yes. She said yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, I I uh, I'd done the whole you know asking her dad first and all that oh, sort of stuff. Awesome. And it, it was funny because, you know, I asked him and he's like, well, I don't mind, but you better ask her mother. So <laughs> I, I go and then I had to back up and go and ask her mother. And because uh, everyone says to me, what are you nervous about, you know, asking Christy to marry? I said, no, I was more worried about <laughs> her. The mother. 
<laughs> Pretty much. That doesn't change either, mate. I've been married 25 years. Still scared of the mother-in-law. No, I'm not. I was only joking, Pammy. I love you. <laughs> so then how did you introduce Tash to your wife? Um, I think we just had you over for barbecue and yeah. a few yeah, babies. So. and Yeah, and these two get along like a house on I'm fire. I'm sure they would. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Christy's aware that Tash keeps me in line when Christy's not around. So, you know. <laughs> Work wife. We spoke exactly, about that earlier, exactly didn't we? Right. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, yeah, they, they get along great. You know, which so is, you're, you're officially Tash's coach, is yes, that right? Yes. Um, PT as well? Because you're a PT as well, Yeah, qualified PT. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I sort of cover the, the gym aspect of it with Tash and also um, the track and road racing as well. So how do you work out the gym? Um, is it mainly hand weights type stuff? Yeah, yeah. So we, we can use machines and weights and it's, it's all upper body can stuff. You, tra- you can transition? Yeah, so yeah, you, you, okay. you know, you just you figure out how to get off your wheelchair onto, onto the equipment. Machine? Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's one of those things. Some people find it easy to to do that. Other people not so much, but you, you figure out ways that work best for you. Yeah, um, that's fair enough. So, yeah, um, we use this, you know, the gym in the same way as anybody else, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely. do you find... Um, because have you still got a spinal injury or is it like the inflammation or it's now... So the inflammation doesn't exist anymore. It's just the damage that's there that because did. of it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so is there any chance of a relapse? Uh, there's always a chance of a relapse. Never really know. Just have to live in the moment. Day day. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And, and hope for the best. And I, I guess by keeping as fit and healthy as I well, can, that's the thing. I'm doing, like when, doing the best Once you eat properly and you, and you have the fit and healthy, the inflammation yeah, exactly. goes down anyway. Exactly. I find that I've got like like stupid little things wrong with my body. Yeah. If I eat the wrong things or do the wrong shit, it hurts. So exactly. don't know about it. Yeah, so yeah, don't exactly. do that. Yeah, exactly <laughs> it's right. Simple, isn't exactly. It? So what's your big plans then? Because obviously um, it all got stuffed up this year because of this stupid <laughs> disease thing or whatever it was that happened in the world. Yes. Um, so, so was I, that Tokyo? I was, I was hoping for Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I, I was at a point with my times during training that Tokyo could have been a, a real option for me. Is that marathon or all yeah, of that? No, in marathon. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, I had a year of injury before um, before COVID popped up, oh, and okay. it meant that I've just I've not had the chance to race and, and get any qualifiers with with decent times in. So it, it's something that I'm you know would have been great, but it's just not an option right now. Um, so, what about, so, so what about Tokyo twenty one? So yeah, same. It's the same same thing. You oh, have to it, qualify. And, a bit that, yeah, and that, yeah, exactly. And because um, because I couldn't get the qualifying races in previously, and because there's basically no events that I've or, or any races really in Australia can get to, um, it's just you know it, it's not something that's that's possible for so me. So it has right to be now. a race qualification, does it? Yes. Yeah, there's no way you can go and then try and set no, a time. No, and, and has big, to. No, uh, has okay. to be has to be within a race setting. But um, so now I'm just setting my sights on the Com Games in in Birmingham, which what was that 2022. 22. Yeah. And that's going so, back home. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I was. And that's, that. exactly right. Absolutely. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. I, I, I grew up in Birmingham, one of the Disney places Birmingham, I grew up in Birmingham. Yeah. So for me, it's literally going home to I'll have support from you know people that live there that I've kept in touch with over the years. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to that. That's uh, pretty yeah. good. So, that's the aim. Yeah. so what's the time you've got to be? So um, it's, uh, I think it's an hour 58, yeah, for the full marathon. Yeah. That's quick. That Yeah, that's moving. Yeah. That's What's your best time in a marathon? I, I never actually did a full marathon. That was, that was my next question was going to be, 
Why would you do a marathon? Yeah, Why wouldn't no. you do like a hundred no, meters or two hundred meters? I, I did. I, my biggest distance when I was racing was a half, which is yeah. still, which is twenty one and a half k. Still a long way in a bloody chair. Oh, I know. Yeah. So my my best time then was about fifty five. Okay. Um. Yeah. Which was reasonably respectable. Yeah. Back in the day. So. So what's the world record for a marathon? Oh, uh, for the men, it's like an hour twenty seven. Jeez. It's, it's ridiculous. Kurt Fernley had that at one point. I'm, yeah. I, I don't know off the command if he yeah. still does. And what about the women's? Uh, and I think it's something like an hour 38. Don't quote me on that, but I'm, it's quick, close though, to that. It? Yeah, it is. It's very, very quick. So, I, I'd have no chance at, at winning anything. I just want to compete oh, and rep- the represent the country. You, you know? oh, <laughs> the, as I was saying before, to wear that crest on your chest must be just oh, mate, whether exactly. it's a British one or, or uh, an Australian one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's just one of those those feelings. Exactly. And to hear the anthem must oh brings tears to my eyes now just watching it on any sport. <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's insane. And so now we've got invincible, invisible. What's the invincible? Invincible. Invincible. See what you did there. Tell me about invincible. So it's um, initially we set up. I set it up as a business to sell products that I have made up in my mind um, and you know, manufactured to sell internationally online um, for uh, products for people with disabilities. To, like what sort uh, of thing? I can't really go into anything right That's now fine. because of um, patent issues. But yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like so those are the things things are happening at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to have a really. store with stuff on it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah that's basically. Point one. Yep. So. And from there, um, I met this young gentleman. And oh, I like that. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's nice to see you sitting there. Oh, uh, okay. tell me about it. Um, Good thing do, this is recorded. Do you call him coach or sir or how do you go there? He wishes I did. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't want to know what I do call him. <laughs> you should him. hear some of the things she calls Oh, mate, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> One more rep. One more rep. <laughs> do it. Go. Um, so we... we started having people come into us saying, oh, have you guys thought about doing accessibility consulting, going in and talking to people about, you know, the accessibility requirements? And um, Adam has a lot of contacts within this field because he's always worked in the, or worked for a long time in the area of inclusion and disability. So, um, so I guess the business has taken on a life of its own so we're we're now doing inclusion and diversity workshops accessibility consulting motivational speaking um you know all sorts of you know development things to mentoring things to really try That's and awesome. make a big difference in and people's lives and you find lives. it's mainly kids or is it um, uh, all age ranges really? so, age, so yeah. we've we've worked with um, all sorts of organizations from surf life saving queensland to um you know we've had schools come to us about running workshops we're doing we're doing a team building workshop next week for some for a um, employment training agency so able-bodied people as yeah. well bringing yeah, in. That's yeah awesome. exactly it's yeah. it's all about raising awareness yeah, and, yeah. And, and showing that you know disability doesn't mean inability it just means adaption and, and difference and there's nothing wrong with that yeah that's awesome i um i, I get pitch businesses every week they come to me and they ask mm. me what do you think of this or can we do this do you want to invest in this and this couple come to me last week and they've opened a uh, an app called Kindship, and what it does, it's mm. it's and it got like Tinder, but it's nothing like Tinder. <laughs> what they do is you put in there and say, well, I have this this ability, or I, or my child has autism, or whatever, and then it finds people in the local area that are the, have the same um, oh, yeah. as, as you, right? Yeah. So I might have a fourteen year old daughter with this disability, and I'm a bloke. 
I don't show my feelings or anything like that. I'm different, I do. But I, where I can find other dads and we can go for a beer together. Yeah. Or, yeah, or awesome. we can do that. It's such such a clever idea. That's a cool idea. Yeah. And I'm Very sitting there cool thinking idea. when you're talking about that, it's exactly the same sort of thing. Yeah, like that's absolutely. amazing. Like you, you sort of sit there and but you guys are actually given I love the fact you're talking to able-bodied people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And showing them that, hey, we're normal. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and the know, schools and stuff. That, that's, that's awesome. It. You know, regardless of disability, you you know, you're just the same as anybody else out there to live your life in the best way you can. And, yep. and it's all about raising awareness of that and, and um, you know, helping people realise that we aren't any different. We're all just human at the end of the well, day. Well, listen to your whole story. Hmm? You've gone from here to here to there to there. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and now you're here. Yes. <laughs> and, and seriously, I, I just love the fact that the, the – oh, I mentioned it before, just the, the vibe that you guys just bring that's out right. is – Thank you. It's just so good. It just makes people happy. Yeah. You walk in a room and people are happy and, and that's that's better. So, we, don't, we don't walk in a room much. No, I was oh, going to say. Room, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, there I go again. So when we, when we met the first time, you told me the story about when you were carrying the baton – and you're up on top of a hill or something, were you? Can you can you just tell us that story? Was it the duck story? Yeah, 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 the yeah, duck, yeah. yeah. So um, the day before I was um, carrying the Queen's baton for the Commonwealth Games, um, I was doing a little push around the local neighbourhood. So it was just a you know twenty k push in my day chair, and <laughs> just <laughs> <A little push. laughs> yeah. and um, as I was, there's a little lake at the bottom of the road by my house, and I'm pushing around this lake, and the next thing I know, I get attacked by a, a, a flock of ducks there were there were a good 10 of them all chasing me pecking at my head and um, I was at the top of a hill and was anyone else around yeah there were a few people around us <laughs> I, I, I know you would have gotten video and just it's made like, sure it was a well, bit, on, let me get some proof I would have made that stuff go viral <laughs> I know right <laughs> so these these ducks are coming at me at my head and they're pecking at my ears and they're pecking at my hands and my wheels I'm like oh my god this can't be ducking happening to me <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sweet, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no, it was terrible. It was a good story before that, but anyway, <laughs> <big> on. <laughs> um, and um, th- th- I've just let go of my chair, and as I have, the chair's tipped backwards because I'm going downhill, and I've um, the, I've damaged my wheels and, and damaged my chair. And the next day, I've I've gone to do this, this common games Did thing. Did you damage yourself, though? <sighs> I don't know. I can't Just remember. Pride, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, yeah. So the next day, I've had the baton relay, and um, I was my section. It's like a two hundred meter section. For I was in tambourine doing doing mine, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing, trying to push in a straight line down the hill, but my chair will not <laughs> go straight for anything. If you listen to the commentator in the Channel Seven News from that day, they're telling my story, and they're just just taking the mick out of me Well, they something. tell you the duck story as well. Yeah, they were telling the duck story. Because <laughs> I don't even remember how on earth they found the story out, but they knew it. So the Chan- oh, Channel 7 news reporters are just, yeah, <laughs> probably. If you'd have known me back then, you would have done. Of course I would have. But did you make it to the next person? Yes, just. I mean, I, I took a detour and a few zigzags, but I got there in the end. I was like, who's the drunk woman in the chair? That's what it looked like. <laughs> Drink driving. And I saw a picture of you this morning, mate, with uh, the Olympic torch. Yeah, I was so I was a torchbearer for the 2000 Olympic Games. Were you yeah. shitting yourself that it would go out? 
Yeah. That'd be my biggest. That, yeah, especially was. in a chair too, because you're like you're moving. Mate, I just I was <laughs> hoping somebody didn't come up and want to try and light a cigarette off it or something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, absolutely. How, how did you get that gig? Um, I got nominated by a couple of different people, uh-huh. um, and um, my next door neighbour who. I li- we lived next to this guy. He was a Dutch fella, and he was more like he was almost like a, another grandfather. You yeah, know? yeah. Because um, all his family were down in Victoria, and you know, and we were just always over there and harassing him for one reason or another. And yeah, he he nominated me as well as some other people. And um, yeah, I got um, I, I got nominated to do it, which was so. After, how old were you then? Uh, so two thirty. Yes, I was. Um, I would have been sixteen. Yeah, so... Yeah, well, you yeah. look pretty young oh, in the two, chair. 2002, did you say? Oh, 2000, was it? 2000, 2000, yeah, 2000, yeah, yeah. 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 So, 18. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, did you get to keep the torch? Yeah, yeah. so you buy it. <laughs> you, you, you get to buy it, but, <laughs> um, but why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah, oh, if, you can, if you can do it. And um, so it sits um, very proudly on a shelf in, in my place. Oh, and I'm and sure we it take it every time we do a workshop just to, you yeah. know, it's, it's a good conversation oh, starter. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Glennis Nunn, she, I used to do a lot of stuff with oh, Glennis. She's awesome. Oh, Glennis is awesome. And yeah. she um, she did a, a speaking event for us once for a charity thing, and uh, she brought that along in one of her gold medals. Yep. And mm-hmm. every single person in the room, they thought the medal was amazing, but just the torch was oh, the, the big yeah. thing. Yeah, it is. And the weight of it and everything. It was like, yep. wow. And she gets, yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty cool, isn't it? it? It's um, Yeah, it was awesome. I got to do a 400-meter stretch along Paradise Point, which – Awesome. Which, which was great because that was actually my training ground. Yeah, like that, okay. that was day to day. That's where I was out of my racing chair. Yeah, yeah, you know, racking up the K's and stuff. So, so it was really good to be. What have been cool too? Because people would have been used to seeing you do that. Yeah, and then now yeah. they can actually you're going slower and you can wave and do all that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and there was just some stupidly large amount of people down there all cheering, and and it was oh, it was special time. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so what's next for you two? Uh, we, got, we got Birmingham. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to invince Abel. Yes. Mm. What's next? What's going to happen? Oh, we're just going to continue what we're doing. And continue. Just, yeah, keep just let it, you're just letting it happen. Yeah, exactly. It seems to be that way. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. It's a very organic thing with us. I mean, we have plans and we, we know what we want. Yeah. You know, we, we want to make a difference. That's what it's about at the end of the day. Um, and, and, you know, for myself with racing, I'm, I'm looking forward to the London Marathon next year, which is a, a big thing for me. Um, just find out that I got the qualifying time for that. So I'm, oh, I'm pretty congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Cool <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's, it, yeah, it, that'll be good. Um, and yeah, just you know, looking looking ahead to see what we can continue doing and continue developing our business into. Really, yeah, yeah. We've we've really we've been lucky that we're in a position where we've been able to, you know, what we've been asked to do in a lot of cases isn't far off what we were doing. So we just, yeah, I, I don't pivot. I, I pivot. hate the yeah, word, exactly. yeah, yeah, like pivot and mm. and just you know change what we're doing a little side bit step, to, mate. To, yeah it's a bit of a sidestep yeah yeah okay. i like that yeah but um yeah so you know it's it's just adapting and and um yeah just continuing on with what we're doing and um yeah getting getting new racing and all yeah, that sort exactly. of stuff getting how does it feel to be a coach like of well, an international athlete, right? Do you feel as much pressure as she does? Do yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, you I take do. like a lot of responsibility. I do, absolutely. You know, if something happens mechanically or you know injury wise or something, I mean, ultimately, you know that that's on me as her coach, as her gym coach, as her track coach. You know, um, you know, I, I do. Yeah. And how do you how do you take? 
I'm going to say orders is the wrong word, but like the guidance and stuff. Do you just like you're in I your? Just, I just don't listen. No, no. But do you like so? Do you do what you're told because you know that someone knows? Like, I find I, coaching and, and that really interesting. I tend that, so. to I I tend to take a little while to analyze things and then eventually come to the conclusion that I that should, was right. should listen to some things. <laughs> <laughs> my my problem always is and always has been that I probably push myself too hard and trying to listen to somebody who's telling me not to push quite so hard okay. I find very very difficult to do to slow down. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely but no yeah is what it is my, my <laughs> ultimate goal is you know I, I've you know I've, I'm 38 and I've been a wheelchair my whole life and I, I see people that are younger than me who because of different issues you know, have injured themselves and, you know, can't, younger me, as I said, but can't lift themselves out of their wheelchairs anymore or, um, you know, aren't fully, uh, aren't fully independent mm-hmm. um, as they used to be because they've they've overworked themselves and not looked after their joints and things properly. So. And, be, and because you've only got one way of mobilising, if you mm. if you damage your shoulders, damage your arms, you're kind, yeah. of, kind of buggered really, mm. yeah. And, you know, people say, oh, you know, you can get you know, surgery for rotator cuff and all that sort of stuff, but it's never the same. No, it's just not. Definitely not. You know, it's never the same. And well, it's not the same for anyone. Well, yeah, but exactly. especially when you're using them so much. Yeah, exactly. Like, I had a, I had a surgeon one that opened me up over a wrist injury uh, a few years ago, when he's like, "I just don't use that arm very much." I'm like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> you're go around in circles. Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly <laughs> right. Like, so, I'm going to be like Tash after she got hit by ducks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's everywhere. That's <laughs> uh, yeah. Guys, I love to finish my podcast with some quick fire questions. So I'm going to go to you first, Ad. Done. Ready? Favorite food? Lasagna. Favorite song? Uh, thinking out loud. Uh, Ed Sheeran. Favorite place in the world? Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, why is that? Just love it. It's the, it's sort of, it's a big city, but with the southern sort of nice people and stuff like that. I guess you'd say, but I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Wasn't expecting that was one. Hey, uh, throw a curveball. Tash. Yes. Favorite food that you can actually eat? Oh, I live on chicken. It's probably not my favorite, but I enjoy it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> favorite song. Um. Anything by Ed Sheeran. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. You do yeah. a song like I know. It's, 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 <laughs> it's quite like freaky. Sister, it is. Really. It's it is. It's freaky. <laughs> Where's your favourite place in the world? Uh, probably the northern end of Western Australia. I, I, I love it up there. Spend, spend a lot of time travelling. Like broom type area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's stunning up I, there. I want to go to these, the Bungle Bungles. Yes, very cool place. Yeah, a mate of mine just very flew cool. over and said they're amazing. Yeah, so they that, are that's breathtaking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so when we started this journey... Over an hour ago now, mm-hmm. you promised, actually you didn't promise, but I promised you that you were going to sing me Gangster's Paradise. No. <laughs> Am I going to get out of here or not? No, not, not going to happen. <laughs> no? no you can, uh, Tash hey. really wants to, yeah, but she well, wants you to go first. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not going to happen. No, not How about we'll, we'll just play it at the end anyway. Oh, yeah, okay, let's, let's go with that. <laughs> Tash and Adam, thanks so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate you as humans, Thank and you. as far as I'm concerned, you're awesome humans. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Thank you. Thanks. What an amazing human. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you enjoy the rest of the Podfire podcasts and I really hope that you enjoyed Awesome Humans. Reach out to us on Podfire and all the social media channels as well as BJ Macker uh, to reach out to me personally. Have a great day.